Good morning. Can we give it up for the worship team this morning doing such a great job? Thanks for leading us into worship. It isn't just amazing when you can have your senior pastor lead you into worship. There's just something special that happens. Thanks, Neil. Well, hey, it's good to uh, be here with everyone. My name is Jacob. I'm the worship director here, and I'll be given um, the message this morning. Uh, it's good to be back in the swing of things. I was out for a couple of weeks because we had our baby girl, Natalie, me, me and my wife, here on the second of front row on July 7th. And by we had her, I mean she had her. She's amazing. And I was along for the ride. And uh, they're doing really well, and Theo's really excited to be a big brother, too. So this morning, we're going to be talking about happily ever after. If you want to talk about happily ever after, I'm definitely living in happily ever after. I'm going to go ahead and put up the photo. That's my family. They're all here, but that's all in one photo, so you all can see. And uh, just life is amazing. It's, it's just amazing how you can pray for something for so long and wait for it. And then, bam, it's here, and uh, it just seems surreal. God is just so good. He's so faithful to, um, to hear our prayers and, and to um, give us hope for the future. So this morning, we've been talking about, um, this whole month, rather, we've been talking about we are the bride of Christ. It's been kind of a wedding theme all month. We've seen a lot of Disney and Hallmark movies that there's a couple that's destined to be together and how they end up together, and how they lived, say it with me, happily ever after. Thank you. Good job. Uh, it's just like our relationship with God. We get to look forward to um, a relationship with him that's happily ever after. Uh, when Jesus comes back and says he's going to make everything new, we're going to have glorified bodies, everything's going to be perfect. Neil touched last week a little bit on Revelations 21, and we're going to dive a little bit more into that later on this morning, but it just creates such a beautiful picture of this new heaven and this new earth that God is making and uh, the reason why we can have hope for the future and what we can look forward to after this life. It's really exciting. A lot of times, though, when we think about that, we kind of get into a mentality of grass is greener on the other side. I had a grass is greener moment with my car, and I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but uh, a few years back I had a 2004 Hyundai Santa Fe SUV. Talk about a sweet ride. It really was a reliable, nice car, but at this point it had over 250,000 miles on it. It was still running, but I was just emotionally done with it. You know, there's just so many things that had broken down and gone wrong on the side of the interstate or even in town. Um, I just had gotten to a point with it where it was like, oh, what's the next thing that could go wrong with this car, right? And about that time, my dad uh, had reached out because he was getting ready to get rid of one of um, his vehicles at the time, which was a 2004 Audi A6 with a turbo. He's like, hey... Um, I've got the car, the black car. We always called cars by their color growing up. I don't know what you guys did. Uh, I'm getting ready to get rid of the black car, and uh, I'm just going to warn you ahead of time, it's getting to that point where it's going to need some repairs. It's not there quite yet, but just be warned that there's some things that are probably going to start needing repaired pretty soon, and I just don't want to have to deal with any of that when we get there. 
And uh, he's like, I'll do a straight trade with you for the SUV if you want. And I was like, a straight trade? Whoa. At that point, uh, that car only had um, about 150,000 miles on it, about 100,000 less than my car. And I w didn't have any emotional baggage with it. I was just like, oh, man, I'm just kind of waiting for the next thing on my car. So I said, deal. What could go wrong, right? Well, let's just say that foreign cars come with a cost. Can I get an amen? <laughs> uh, anything from the having to replace control arms, to the tires, from replacing the fuel pump, to the water pump, from the AC leaking, to um, really anything leaking. <laughs> the oil is leaking, antifreeze. Let's just say we've had a few interesting years with this new-to-me car. Uh, it's a fun 19-year-old sports car. It, trust me, it's definitely been a blessing of a car. At the time, you know, I couldn't afford to purchase something like that, and it's just cool to see how God knows exactly what we need when we need it. Open my eyes to have faith for, well, you know what? God can actually provide um, out of um, nothing for, uh, for what we need. So that's a seed of faith that I've, I've held on to from situations like that in my life. But sometimes it can just become really apparent that happily ever after isn't just quite here fully yet. Flashy things can lose their shine, sharp things tend to dull, excitement can kind of turn to blah. Can you relate to any of that? Maybe you bought a house that you thought would finally be enough space, or uh, you started a job that you thought would fulfill all of your career passions, or you started a relationship that you thought would fulfill all of your emotional needs. All these things are good things, they're great things, but none of them can just fully satisfy seems like everything just comes up just a little bit short. And then the more hope we put into something new, the greater the disappointment comes when things start falling apart. Well, God has a very fulfilling plan, a very fulfilling life, very fulfilling things for us, even in this life, right here, right now. He has those things in store for us as we wait in anticipation for what God has in store. We don't have to wait till he comes back and makes everything new to actually start enjoying the life that he's um, called us to live, the life that he's put right in front of us. It says that Jesus came to life and life to the full in the New Testament. But how does that happen and when does that happen? Do we have a framework for any of that? Let's take a look into God's word, see what it says. We're going to look in Matthew 25, but... Right before that, I'm going to go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for this morning, for an, just amazing encounter with you and worship, God. You're so here, you're so present, you're in the here and now, and you're so for um, this plan that you set in motion for us to have a happily ever after. So would you just come and, and be with us this morning as you already are? Would you just recognize your presence here? Would the words that come out of my mouth be your words, not mine? Uh, help me get out of the way so that we can just, um, just focus on your word and the promises that you have in store for us this morning. Thank you so much. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
The first part of this passage starts off with, at this time. Last week we talked about, in just the previous chapter, Matthew 24, we were looking at how we need to keep watch as we're waiting for Jesus to return. So when it talks about at that time, that's the framework of what we're talking about this morning as we're keeping watch. Okay, verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Do you hear the anticipation in these verses? We have uh, ten women waiting for the moment of their lives or awaiting the bridegroom to come. You can even hear desperation in some of them. Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. They want to be ready for when the bridegroom comes. The first thing that we're invited into from this passage while waiting for Jesus to return is being filled with the Holy Spirit. What we see here in this story is that all the lamps had oil, but some of the women actually brought extra oil with them. God invites us to be filled with his presence, but it's not just a one-time stop. In the New American Standard Bible version, Acts 13.52 says, And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. God wants us to have oil for now, and oil for what's to come. The fruits of the Spirit come from the Spirit. He wants us to have faith for the things He calls us to now and faith for the future. When we have faith for things now, we extend the opportunity to people around us to have faith and ultimately faith in Jesus. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Whether we know it or not, see it or not, people around us are looking for hope. When we live a constant life of surrender to Jesus, seeking to be filled by him, we exude God's joy and we extend those opportunities to the people around us, to have that same fervor, that same hope for the future. Okay, again about my glorious car. Uh, Right now, it leaks both antifreeze and oil, which is very fun. Just kidding. If I did nothing about the problem and I just kind of let it do its thing and um, just let the problem continue, eventually the engine would overheat and seize up. I don't want that. We see here uh, in this passage that 10 women, they all had oil to start. Uh, The ones who were 
really uh, wise making decisions and then some who were uh, not maybe as wise getting ready and being prepared. But they all started out with oil. It's just like when we all start out with a relationship with Jesus, he fills us up. He fills us up with his presence. Do you remember that moment when, oh, wow, I can have hope for the future because of Jesus living inside my heart? But regardless of whether it's life's general wear and tear or maybe decisions that we make that might take us out of a God's best plan for our lives, we all need to be filled again and again. This way we don't run dry spiritually or lose steam for the things we're doing now and, and lose steam for having hope for the future. In verse 9, we see the five women who brought the extra oil, they weren't willing to part with it. No, there may not be enough for both you and us. To them, the oil was precious. They had a strong conviction to hold on to it. It really meant something to them to be ready for the bridegroom when he comes. They were singularly focused on what was most important to them, and they made a lot of sacrifices to stay set apart for what God's best was for them. So the, there must really be something special about this happily ever after that they're anticipating. We also see in the story that the women are being patient, which, I mean, let's just be honest there, so much more patient. Uh, so it says the bridegroom was a long time in coming, for so long that they were all drowsy and fell asleep. Maybe this morning you're feeling like God's promises are so far away, or they're so unclear, or we just don't really have a picture of what is this hope we're holding out for? What, what is to come? What is this thing that we're saving up oil for? Do we have a clear picture of what heaven is going to look like? That's why holding on to Revelation 21 is just so important. We touched on it last week. We're going to go into it more this morning. God gives us a taste, just a taste of what um, we're waiting for, what we're being patient for. Let's read verses 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So God's going to, she's going to shake things up. The old things will pass away and the new are going to be here. And uh, Neil and I were talking this past week that um, sometimes we just um, struggle to have the right perspective. And sometimes we kind of find ourselves stuck thinking, 
that maybe our eternal existence is just going to be floating on clouds as little babies playing harp. We don't really know anything. And if that's the case, then I've been playing the wrong instruments my whole life. So I've got to restart. No, what does it say? It says that there's going to be a holy city, a new Jerusalem, brick, mortar, and garden. It goes on further to talk about how there's a garden in the center. All prepared in advance by God himself. There's no longer going to be a separation between heaven and earth. It's all going to come together. The passage doesn't say everything unmade. It says everything made new. That sounds great. Maybe this is different from what we've grown up believing, or maybe we just honestly haven't put that much thought into what is heaven going to be like. But the thing is, our perspective and our focus on what's to come will radically change our hearts. It'll change how we live our lives. It'll change the kind of hope and the kind of faith that we operate in in this life. The, uh, the virgins with extra oil in Matthew 25, waiting for the bridegroom, they weren't just like preteens scribbling dear diary notes with some posters on the wall, maybe Edward Cullen, and you got Zac Efron over here, personal hero of mine, and maybe dolphin beads in the doorway like my sister used to have. It's a very specific picture. I know it's weird. Um, it wasn't just them hoping to have a crush like them. Oh, I hope this works out. I hope something works out. They were singularly focused on the anticipation of waiting for this life that they've always dreamed of having, becoming a reality. You know that God had John write these words down in Revelations so that we could have a picture, something that we could just have some kind of a framework or an expectation, just a taste of what we can expect this new heaven and this new earth to be like. That's so that we can have hope when we read that. It's just a total game changer when we think about the generosity that God has in store for us, the things that he's building for us in this life. It really helps us to give more freely, to forgive more frequently, surrender more readily, hope more passionately. I really think we're just going to be blown away at just how radically bigger and better this treasure that God's been um, storing up for us, these things that he's been making for us in this new heaven, this new earth. I think we're just going to be so blown away by how much bigger and, and greater and and um, how fulfilling it's going to be just when everything is made perfect. Uh, I think we can often beat ourselves up as we're trying to do things right. We're trying to, okay, I'm living the life that God's called me to live. And oh, I should have made a connection with that person. I should have done this, should have done better here. We could spend our whole lives beating ourselves up for all the things that we feel like, oh man, I'm just not going to have what I wished stored up in heaven as much as, as I wished I would have if I would have done better. Or we can just flip the script and just turn our focus on Jesus, who is the lens that God sees us as perfect. And just trust him at his word. He's going to provide absolutely more than we can ask or imagine. 
and just use that as a fuel for this hope and this faith that we have in this life. What's beautiful about changing our perspective about the future is that it actually starts to change our perspective about the present. Happily ever starts happening right now. We praise God in anticipation for what he's going to do, and he actually starts to do those things in and through us now, through his spirit. I can have hope for the future, so I can actually have hope for this week. I can have faith that God's going to provide in the future, and I can actually have faith that God's going to provide what I need this month or this year. I'm going to have a perfect relationship with Jesus, and everything's going to be made uh, pure, and I won't have any guilt. I can actually start to have amazing relationships now and live out of that um, without guilt and without shame now. Another key ingredient is God gave us the Holy Spirit as a down deposit for this inheritance that He has in store for us in the future. And the Holy Spirit is the best of the best. So if He's going to be able to provide the best now, we can trust that He's going to provide the best in the future. Amen. What's amazing about this news is we don't have to wait until Jesus comes back to actually start celebrating. We can actually start celebrating now. He's here right now in this room. He's in our hearts. We also don't have to sit around thinking, man, what's the point of, of all of this, these jobs I'm working, this, all this commitment that I've made to the people around me? Uh, is any of this worth it? And I've sacrificed so many things in this life. Is it really worth um, the weight? Is it, is it worth all these things that I've set aside? We don't have to worry about those things anymore. Because we do have a lot to look forward to when Jesus does come, but we actually got to start living in all of those things right now. That's why we praise him. That's why we worship. That's why we do it every single week. And um, I was reminded this week that the verse that we say at the end of every single service, Matthew 28, talks about going making disciples, teaching them to obey all the commandments that we've been taught. So yeah, in this life, God has amazing ways for us to live. He has amazing things in store for us, uh, ways to um, aim towards walking towards Him to live the best life that uh, we can have now. But what's beautiful is in this life, we are not commanded to worship God. That's a choice that we get to make. It says in the Bible, there will come a day when everything is made clear, every knee will bow, every tongue's gonna confess, but what we get to do right now is we get to make a choice. And it's just so beautiful. He loves when we come and worship him. When we look at his word and we say, wow, God, you are just so good. I can start living in my happily ever now. after now. I'm gonna choose to worship you. It's why we worship first on Sunday mornings. It's our choice coming together and doing that. So this morning is all about celebrating your happily ever after. We have no reason to start waiting to celebrate. And as you're walking in, you saw some bubbles. Hopefully you grabbed some. Uh, at every uh, wedding ceremony, they either scatter seed or they blow bubbles as the bride and the groom are, are exiting. And we just thought it would be a really fun uh, thing this morning going along with the theme of this whole month, wedding themed of, we can just put some action to celebrating the bridegroom coming, being with us, this uh, perfect life 
that uh, God has in store for us that we can actually start seeing glimpses and having tastes of now. So uh, I'd love to invite the worship team to come on up. We're going to sing a song. And really, as they're coming up, um, speaking of choices, uh, really have a few choices in front of us this morning. We're not forced into anything, but here's some choices. The first choice is maybe this morning you want to choose to put your hope in Jesus. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've just thought, I'm just trying to figure out on my own and just trying to, you know, be happy and trying to have faith for uh, everything's going to be all right. But Jesus promises us everything is going to be all right. The grass truly is greener with Jesus in heaven. That's a promise that we get to hold on to. But it's not just greener. It's forever green. It's never going to fade. So we can have that seed of faith deposited deep in our hearts. That no matter what we're going through in this life, we can always have that seed of faith that God's going to make everything right. So maybe that's you this morning. As we're singing this song, maybe you just want to sing it out to the Lord. And as you're singing that, what you're saying is, Jesus, come into my heart and fill me with your love. I turn to you. The second choice is maybe this morning you're feeling a little bit like my car. You're just feeling a little low on oil. Maybe a low on tire pressure. I should check those. Maybe you're feeling just a little worn down. Like you've just been giving and giving and giving and pouring out and you just feel so empty. Or maybe you just feel like these decisions that I've been making, they just are wearing me down and I just feel like I'm in a cycle. We all get the opportunity this morning to get filled again. It's not just a one-time stop. It was never supposed to be. So don't beat yourself up if you're feeling low. As we sing, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So that's what we get to do this morning. We get to sing to the Lord and watch as he actually fills you. He fills you with joy. He fills you with his presence. Anticipate that this morning. That's a choice that you can have. And then as we're singing, as we're worshiping, it's your choice to blow bubbles or not. It's just a fun thing. Um, but I'm going to be blowing some bubbles. And let's just really sing out to the Lord this morning. When we, when we raise the intensity of our worship, it's not hype. We're actually raising our anticipation for what God has in store for us for the future, what he has in store for us right now. So this is just a great time. I'd love for all of us to stand up. And I'm just going to pray. God, thank you so much that you've put um, just choices in front of us. You don't um, demand our love. You welcome it, God. And we have the choice to stand in your love. You already did all the work. You bridged the gap. All we have to say is yes in our hearts. So God, if, if we're walking in, we're just feeling, man, I'm just, I'm so tired from all the things that I've, I've gotten so busy with, just gotten caught up with life and forgotten about this hope for the future. Fill us up with that picture of heaven in, in our hearts, in our minds. And thank you that we can have hope in you, Jesus, each and every day that you go with us when people might not. We can trust you, trust you now, we can trust you forever. doing a new thing in our hearts this morning, God. We just choose to say yes. Thank you, Jesus.